healthcare. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Nearly a two-word review just said, shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the next man. Welcome back to The Basement, fellow music lovers here now tuning in to yet another exciting adventure with us here on Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I am your host, Kevin, as usual. Happy to have you down here again, kicking off your Monday a little differently than, than we have uh, been hitting on these past few months. Uh, we're going to ha- dedicate an entire episode to a news item. And long-time listeners will know we used to like pad these things with, or not pad them, but we used to have uh, up front a discussion about the article of the week or, or whatever, whatever the issue, big issue was. And then we jump into an album review, and we haven't been doing that, uh, partially to try to sort of contain the length of these things. That hasn't worked, but uh, but also, you know, we were a little overwhelmed by the actual news. I think you know which news I'm talking about, but... Um, so, we've just sort of put it on a, on a side burner for a while. These are important issues, but maybe not as important as, as some of the bigger uh, real-life issues that we're all facing. Uh, but when you have somebody like Casey Ray come over, like he did for the Roger Waters episode... Uh, you're gonna you're gonna talk about this stuff. You are. He used to be the CEO of Future Music Coalition. He is a musician and author, uh, one of the smartest lawyers I know, without actually being a lawyer. So that's you know, but uh, all around uh, stand up guy who knows his shit. So um, that week, the current Spotify is evil meme or or reaction going around was based on an article that was talking about uh, gaming the system um, in in the author's eyes. Uh, gaming the system and uh, basically payola. Which, you know, maybe you're a fan of it, maybe you're not. I don't know. We're going to discuss it. and and But that sparked an, an instant... Uh, you know, Spotify is evil. Spotify hacked the election. Spotify did all the, and, and and I never really like those type of responses. So, uh, because there's always always more to it, uh, especially in this, which I think you know, once we get streaming figured out, it's going to benefit everybody. Right now, it's a tough time. I'll, I'll admit that. But so we have myself down here to talk about that. We have uh, Casey Ray, as mentioned, and uh, Michael Kentoff from uh, the Caribbean. So, you know, whatever I do, uh, you know the things Casey does and a musician. So we're trying to cover all angles. And this is something we're going to be doing, I think, a few more times in the next few weeks. Because, uh, again, we are in a, a hate Spotify, hate streaming cycle. And I, and I think it's, uh, you know, I, I want to understand it better. I have my own opinions uh, that are based on facts that I know. But I, I want to understand and I'm always open to any sides of this discussion. Uh, as long as they are uh, intelligent and, and well thought out and considered or considerate of possible other opinions, which is, you know, more mature than we've ever done on this podcast, but what the hell. Uh, so we're going to be doing that. And then at the back end of this, we're going to be playing a little track by a artist collective out of Atlanta, Georgia called The Good Graces. Uh, they did have a new album out that I will tell you more about in about 30 minutes. So if you guys are ready, you have a beverage, you are... Uh, 
You're sitting down. Maybe you got a piece of cake. Maybe it's your birthday or something. Uh, or maybe your cat's just sitting next to you. That's always nice. Uh, then we're going to head on down to the basement to a conversation already in progress. Uh, here we go. Opening the can of worms with uh, is Spotify gaming the playlist. That's a cardinal rule I have performing is yes. that you Tape do not perform in shorts. Don't, do you don't perform in shorts, Just period. Do yeah, yeah. There's yeah, no reason to. It's no, it's no doesn't, good. You're not selling anything that way. So, but uh, um, uh, Adventure. You're selling adventure. Maybe. Uh, this is going to be a fun podcast because we're just going <laughs> to... We intend to talk about Roger Waters today. Uh, we're going to talk about a few other things. That? First thing was uh, <laughs> it was talking a little bit about the dead and whatnot. Uh, no, we were talking about Spotify and playlists. Uh, Liz Pelly with Cash Music, which is actually a pretty decent organization. I right? love those guys. Yeah, and and she spent <laughs> all this time putting together this like in air quotes expose about playlists and modern playlists. And the main points of this uh, article were that majors shouldn't spend money on marketing, suggest that somehow Spotify needs to be fair, and that uh, somehow these it decreases the chances for smaller bands to get into the algorithm, which that we can well, talk about I think about all that. of those things might be true. So, well, some of them might, but... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm in a smaller band. But, but, I understand that. That's yeah, just, yeah, you yeah. Know. But, but the big question when you, when you read about all this is, is why would a private company ever be accountable to this? I mean, this is... You're talking... If you want to talk about royalties, talk about how many... How people get paid. I mean, that's what you used to do. Is like advocate for that. Well, that's what that's sort of what you do now. Well, I mean, I get people paid. Yeah, you get people paid. <laughs> but uh, but uh, you know, if you want to talk about that, but if you if you want to talk about the actual mechanism of a of a industry being the streaming industry and what their responsibility is to the artist, I, I'm going to start with saying their responsibility is basically none beyond what the well, the that's law a real they have to pay. That's a real market brutalist view, and it's probably uh, yeah. true in terms of the uh, you know the contours of the law, as you just mentioned. But you know, what is the obligation to actually sustaining any type of culture in the middle? That's the question. Mm-hmm. And I think from a moral standpoint, it's one that you know I, I've, I'm very happy when it's raised because I want diversity in any, you know, artistic field or discipline. Or, sure. Um, I almost said ecosystem again. Every time you say that, a baby kitten dies. <laughs> a baby kitten angel dies. <clears throat> um, but, but the real issue here is that you have consolidation on both the distributor side, and, and I say distributor as through to the end user, okay? Your, your, your new pipes, your, your, your large internet companies. Yeah. Uh, and and so that is like a much more in an on-demand universe a much more concentrated block of activity than I think was represented in the old days because the old days was a purchase-based system. Sure, you know, blah blah blah. We don't have to relitigate that. But like the issue is now you both have the fewer retailers essentially, and you have uh, limited opportunities to present new music to people in a way that makes sense yeah. in an on-demand universe because the container formats kind of evaporated except as a you know an idea of curation if you're sure. into that kind yeah, yeah, of yeah. thing. Right. It's not format dependent. 
your acquisition of that music artifact is not dependent on on the container that it comes in. So I think that there's, you know, the ephemerality has sort of created the conditions under which valuing music happens differently in terms of the listener engagement. Yeah. And playlists are the way to dem- to introduce m- new music to the consumer. Right. Uh, that and the actual sort of old school co-op space, just like in the record store days when you would go and uh, there'd be a listening station, for example. Usually that was managed uh, either through direct relationships with uh, the major labels and distributors or through collectives on the independent scene. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's kind of how it works. So for, for cash music to, to gripe that they are not being dealt a fair hand in this marketplace is a completely legitimate labor critique because mm-hmm. the marketplace is... Is uh, and I don't just blame the law for this. I, I blame the shift in uh, how music is consumed, mm-hmm. and that is a technologically driven change. There's no putting the genie back into the bottle no, or toothpaste back in no. the tube. But so then the question becomes primarily a labor one: like, what does fairness look like in this market, and 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 to whom? Well, you, I mean, you've said on this podcast before, like that a big problem is that. We have so many bands. We have so, we, the, the 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 access, the entry level to make this music is so low that anybody can do it. And yeah, so the barriers to yeah, entry the bar- are barrier very low. Is very low. So just getting into it doesn't necessarily mean you get the advantages of say getting on like a label would give you. That's money to throw at it. Yeah. We you were talking about Michael when we were talking about Glenn Campbell about uh, we started getting into the discussion about gatekeepers. And whether or not that was a better system, and, and, and I don't think we really decided. I think that, that was when we were running out. Well, that, and that's, that's driven, obviously, by technology and economy. I mean, mm-hmm. I, having, having played, you know, and, I mean, having played in a couple of bands and putting out music and everything, it is long among people that I know been the lament that home recording really changed everything. Yes. Anybody could make a record now, and so you flood the market with a lot of stuff that um, are some gems, but mostly not, mostly horrible stuff. Yes. And uh, whereas, bef- you know, that technology broke that open because before the economy, it was all handled by big companies. And if you so getting signed, and small companies, well, yeah, but getting signed was was a different thing. I mean, I've been on a label, yeah. and 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 you know, and you do you, you sort of feel, oh, I'm a made man. It's not even. Close. I mean, yeah, I'm, yeah. Some, I'm sure there are labels that would be, but but, and I'm not putting mine down, but it's not that way. Your life is exactly the same. You thought that that, that was what you <laughs> wanted, yeah. you know, right? Uh, and when it's, it's your not, only path to the to the marketplace or to listeners, then you become structurally dependent on that, and that creates conditions for monopolistic abuses, particularly when companies are allowed to combine and acquire you know tons and tons of copyrights. Sure. So that you know, we were heading towards the wall. Before the perfect storm of the internet happened, I think that when the major labels decided on mass that you know their um, their corporate parents rather uh, yeah, right. decided on mass that that little uh, you know money making side business worked more efficiently if you just distributed you know bands on total request live straight to you know mm. the mall store yeah. and you blow it out and on an opening Tuesday and that's your mile marker for success in the industry. Right. We're talking hundreds of millions of copies sold on, you know, in the first week, if not the first day. And that is the model 
that uh, the music industry had fully embraced at the time that the internet happened. Yeah. So you have to go to from the shock of the just the pure shock of disintermediation completely blowing their plan for like vertically integrated consolidation. Oh uh, yeah, that's right. And then you have to get a rebuilding of that. Like, how do they actually deal with distribution in an economy where they're competing against uh, an identical free version of their product? And the reason that I think that they they have finally uh, come to Jesus with streaming is that they do see that convenience and the adaptation of sub subsequent generations uh, equipped with mobile uh, uh, devices that are always on listening and entertainment experiences has created a backdrop where piracy, as we used to know it, becomes less and less relevant. Right. It certainly is less mobile. So they're in they're in it fully, but the thing is, the larger companies have always been about one thing, and that is extracting the most value from their core product before it ever reaches a listener. Uh, because it stopped being about a listener a long, long time ago for, you know, the consolidated major labels. The independent sector is a lot different. Obviously, mm -hmm. they care tremendously, and they're on the front lines. Their margins have gotten impossibly tight. Absolutely. If they hadn't pulled their resources through Merlin to try to be a junior major label, they, yeah, yeah, labels, yeah. they probably would have no uh, horse in the race. So, so that, to that point, does a service like Spotify or Apple Music or anything, do they, because they don't come out, necessary and say they are in support of artists yeah like if they did then this would be an entirely different conversation it would be a different conversation uh but because they don't do that do they have any obligation to to sort of cross that bifurcation and say like okay we we have you big big label people and you guys can give us our money and then maybe we're going to spend a little bit of it to bring up these little people i think a lot of this is sort of exacerbated by actual real structural class issues in the united states that are um are becoming even more calcified because of the new economics so i think that the the tribe of like you know sort of silicon valley you know super wizards who go to Burning Man on a private helicopter. They like to think that they're incredible patrons of the arts. I'm convinced right. that they believe that they yes, are incredible they patrons believe. of the arts. They feel it in their heart, and they and they live richly an artistic, uh, uh, ennobling life. But that it doesn't, in their terminology, it doesn't fucking scale. So do they have an obligation, not a legal obligation? Do they have a moral obligation? That's not for me to answer. But I do think that anybody who's interested in the perpetuation of culture would try to figure it out. Unfortunately, what we have here is a sort of because of the laws around copyright, which have already conferred a certain, a certain amount of advantage to folks who have acquired you know, the, the most yeah. Yeah. rights have yeah, the biggest yeah, sure. basket of rights, yeah. you know, and then and then on the other side, there are, you know, large commercial exploiters of music. And I don't use exploitation in a pure in its negative sense. I mean, they're the ones who actually exploit that copyright on behalf of the owner yeah. in the marketplace and, and, and distribution that, I, I or transmission. The, I think the distinction of, of the use of the word is is actually important oh, because yeah. when, you, when you hear exploit, they, a lot of people think, oh, that's like taking advantage. It's, it, what you're talking about is simply just using it. Use. Like it is available yes. to us. Oh, it's pejorative. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, it all comes from exploiting the copyright and what is a fair rate of return on that exploitation by a third party? You know, that's a question that the, these two people are fighting, these two uh, entities are fighting about, but that's a natural buyer supplier tension. Mm -hmm. What's really happening on a global scale is symbiotic extractive capitalism, where essentially you've got an entire uh, sector that was decimated by this uh, technological transformation grafting itself on this much larger, uh, you know, mm -hmm. tick. <laughs> <laughs> in order to benefit from some of that downstream trickle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it 
I, so you know you can't fix that with a blog post. No, you can't. And and you can't. God love you. <laughs> and 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 like I said, the the my specific issue with what uh, Pelly wrote was simply that, like to me, the practice she was describing is just good marketing. Yeah, and I, and I say that being on both sides of things, well, just, you have to participate. It's, it's like if, if, you're you're have, right. if you have if you have an artist your... that you invested, like. You owe millions it to of that dollars movie, in, right? <laughs> Why would you not spend that marketing money? Because that's part of the yeah, package. That's part of it. On getting them placement in a, in a playlist and like that, and fulfilling your fiduciary responsibility right, to right. your and and the, and the shock and or disgust from a lot of people of like, see, we told you it's not fair. It's like, no, it's totally not. It's totally fair. You you just have to get to that level to enjoy those. But the problem is there's a, there's a much because of the structural issues there's a much steeper drop off between Taylor Swift and Beauty Pill, for sure. At least I think there is. No, no, there, no. There, but 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 if you yeah, I mean, I think that. I mean, you said it a few times, and I was thinking it before. I mean, there, there's there's a potentially a moral obligation, and that that's not something that. You know, yeah, you can dictate, or that I would I, count on, or even if I could, you might that I would count on those companies exercising. Well, I mean, I, I think all of us in this basement would love to believe that. I mean, I, I think there's should be. Copyright like, like reform said, and anti and stronger antitrust if, law would probably be a, a, a cool place to start. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but like like you said, if you want the culture to move forward, if you want the culture to stay enriched and not like starve, then yeah, there's a moral obligation that. The problem is, is that's not how anything works in this world anymore. Certainly not and, this country. Yeah, certainly not this country. Like I in think, other countries. I think, and this is maybe a whole other different conversation. I think that that, all right, accepting that, well, we then it's up to us to perpetuate the culture. In yeah. other words, you find different pathways. Punk rock we, never fucking dies. That's exactly right. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly right. You say, I, you know, you just, you just. I mean, there's certain things that, you know, moments that liberate you, yeah. you know, and where you're like, oh, yes, right. There, there aren't any, you know, yeah. and that's what, and I think that's, that's. <laughs> the, Fear is the mind killer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I tell that to Speaking my students all the time. to make beer soon. So I was like, yeah, yeah. That's true, right? Beer <laughs> is the mind killer. Beer is the mind killer. <laughs> Not on this podcast. But I tell my students uh, that something along those lines all the time. It's about, you know, you have to, it's kind of quiescence, right? You have to have that either through shock or, you know, the discipline of, discipline of contemplation. Mm. The moment where you can shut the fuck up inside and notice an opportunity. Right. Yeah. And it's, you know, in the arts, like, you're better served by noticing them all the time. And how do you hone that uh, capacity? It's something that people in the business community probably do all the time. And so I'm not trying to force creative people into thinking like a business person. I'm sort of saying you already have these natural attributes because in your expressive life, you're using them all the time. Most creative people, <laughs> most creative people live other lives as well. So they actually right. know yeah. that, you yeah. know. Day job, now, whatever you want to call now, it. No, but these are all yeah. things that we've learned, like as like grown ass adults, some older than others. I mean, it's just, what do you tell a you know seventeen year old? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. What do you tell a seventeen year old if you sit him down and be like, "Hey, I don't know." What do you tell Mick Jagger? He didn't think rock and roll was going to last more than like two years. <laughs> You're right. You're right. I, I, well, that's you know, um, well, it's funny. I mean, I was sort of intimidated because I'm with two people who write about music a lot and and write about culture a lot and and are scholars, and I'm just 
in a band. You know, I just, I just, yeah, but so, so we, no, I was, I, just, I, was make shit up. I was thinking about, I, I, I did not have any specialized training. No, yeah. I no. played in bands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you were smarter. You got out of it and did something with it. But anyway, I, I do think that's, you know, I, I, from my point of view, my, my role is to make art. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so what would I say to a seventeen year old? I wouldn't say anything. I just would say, Let me keep working and yeah. maybe yeah. this will touch you or maybe it won't, and that's okay. Um but you know, but but they're you know Touching seventeen year olds. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna get us investigated. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, you, I, you can edit this right now. Yeah. <laughs> so. Except we don't. It's like his rule, but it was just no, I agree. <laughs> I agree. You should never. So I honestly hated being the person to say it, but it was like, <laughs> you know, talk about opportunity, right? Yeah. That is, yeah. That's what it's no, all about. I mean, but but it is it is that uh, uh, t- about touching 17 year olds and and because those lessons are I mean, the well, what do you tell that, a 17 year old that wants to be an artist? I think it's different. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and because the frustration that sets in 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 that. And this has nothing to do with age. I think this is the type of person you are. Yeah. You either keep doing it or you just stop and give up. That's it's probably it, true. It's, it's exactly just, right. You know, there's a there's a there's that part of that's it. exactly and, and this, right. And this whole article I said that to so many and this people. Whole article reads like it was written for people who just give up. Well, I think that it, or it gives them here's one path or to giving re- up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it's this is I say this all the time, and, and I I had a friend of mine years ago. Call me and and he said, you know, he was in a couple of bands, you know, and he said, uh, I got into UMBC Law. I'm like, oh, great, that congratulations. And he's like, I don't know, I don't know if I should do it. And I'm like, what do you mean? Well, I don't know my career. I'm like, you don't have a career. <laughs> I mean, you do yeah. in the sense that yeah. you have a, you're doing, you're pursuing your artistic vision, yeah. but you're not making a dime, and no, none of us are fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so put that aside. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm afraid that I'll stop if I go to law school mm-hmm. and if I become a lawyer, I won't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. I won't have time. And I'm like, look, if that's the way, if that happens, then that's, that, that was meant to be, you know, you're, you weren't going to do it. You know, right. you were going to be dissuaded easily. You were going to be one of, you were going to go through the first macro filter and, you know, so mm-hmm. that wasn't going to be an issue. And if you are doing it, then you'll know that because it's because you give a shit, you really care about it. And that's, I say that to everybody. I mean, most and the feedback that you get from from committing to that path will tell you whether it's viable. Now, the next question is, do you stick it out? Which is, you know, not necessarily always a matter of perseverance. There's a lot of brilliance out there. It doesn't really find its moment uh, in the sun for factors that are often beyond the control of, you know, the the, sure. the artist. And so that's something to be expected as well. Like, because we're still looking at it through a market lens. Like, if you're really committed to art, you're going to be making it no matter what. Yeah. Like, I make art all the fucking time, and I took a corporate job finally. You like, know? like well, how, I'm, how, how many? I, mean, how I, many have, I have an attorney, so you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how many so country like, pseudonyms do you have at this point? They're <laughs> <laughs> all country pseudonyms. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, I mean, it. So it's. So that so the giving up part that doesn't even compute. Yeah, I mean, I'm a compute. lifer, right? You know, yeah, and, right. and so, you know, it doesn't mean that I I haven't found a different way to make a living. Right. That's a whole other matter. Um, but I I always go back to William Carlos Williams as a physician. I mean, I you know the, the artists who have this other life. I'm I you know uh, the I go back lead, to Wyndham Earl. I was the lead singer from Kitchens of Distinction. Was a was a doctor. Was an yeah. MD. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is fucking crazy. So anyway, I, I mean, the point is I. I 
one of the a fair. No, I don't. If I'm looking for fairness in art, I'm, I would probably stop doing art. It's not fair. It's not a meritocracy. You just do. You but do I, your I, shit. I think that you know reform. You know, there's an, um, an element of labor, and I think that there's a structural labor critique to be made. If there's a there's market sure, where sure. you know participation that market previously had a value exchange based around mm-hmm. uh, demand and participation. And uh, not that it wasn't brutal, hard, competitive, and extraordinarily risky already, but you know, in some ways, like a, a, a I mean, blog. The Bullet Boys got through. The Bullet Boys <laughs> got through. They made it. They did make it, and boy, the champagne and other fluids flowed. <laughs> anyway, I, I do think that uh, it's not a bad thing when an artist, particularly an independent artist, wants to sort of test out their voice in this way, simply because. Developing leadership there is if you're doing it the right way, you're getting feedback. Again, it's just like playing in a band or you know any other thing that you're doing. Right. Um, you know, you can. I want somebody to 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 really like hold motherfuckers accountable. I want oh, yeah. to see for sure the for sure. righteous voice. Uh, you know, in the artistic community, and and I'd love to see that plugged into art itself. That would be a beautiful thing. I mean, I, I, you know, we're old people now, but like, I think about what that means on a mass scale. We're going to talk about Roger Waters eventually. This is probably a good segue. The last time I remember anything like that really happening in a sort of big way was when Radiohead was all no labels, you know? Yeah. And before that, it was like Pearl Jam versus Ticketmaster. Yeah. Or the boss is pissed about something or whatever, you know? Uh, but it's, you know, where's that leadership now? And if it's not coming from, you know, Rihanna, God bless her, is it coming from the independent sector? Who's going to be that voice? Because being independent now isn't necessarily, uh, uh, you know, foreclose you from pretty decent scale, <laughs> global yeah. scale. You can do no, it. No, it doesn't. And, it does and, happen. And I, th- I think that's where it's going to come from, because I think, again, we all it's want... It's not going to be Taylor Swift. No, no. and But that that's an anomaly. I mean, that is... You're talking about... Taylor Swift twice on this podcast like it's when she puts out a new album uh, like eduardo's a complete stand for her so we will be you know like talking i'm about actually it. not a taylor swift fan but my my credit and my criticisms are not really like, even based in her business decisions i just don't think that that she can be necessarily looked at as a uh avatar of right righteousness right. for the creative class right. But 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 I think I think where it's going to come from is that that uh, group of artists and they're and they're out there who are just like you know what everybody in our band makes about like sixty thousand a year yeah we work real hard really hard but so does everybody else so does everybody else and this is what we're doing and you know what it'd be great if somebody can give us a fuck ton of money and all of a sudden we're making a lot more for a little while but right now. This and that's not why we did this anyway, so... That's right. And, that, and that's it. It's like, I, there, I, I hear a lack, and I hear it in this, a lack of people saying, like, why they do it. Or they say why they do it, and then they're like, but I really, I think I'm worth, like, millions of dollars. And it's, I don't think anybody's really owed anything for their expression. Right. No, I, I agree. And I think that that, has, uh, that would be true even if we were to eliminate or obliterate all the market mm-hmm. controls. Mm-hmm. You know, people would still find value and expression where they found it and they would congregate around that that they found I, most compelling this is they so, did that in the caves man well no they did that in the classical era so uh, this is something uh so be a, i'm trying to figure out the time jump so the episode comes out tomorrow that this will be in my intro for but i'll say it now so it'll be twice something I, I was doing a, a little uh, bumper on schubert right uh-huh. Franz schubert and this guy 
like all artists, nobody really gave a fuck when he was alive. And it was just other artists around him discovered him when he was dead. 600 fucking pieces yeah. in like six years. Yeah. So if you are taking four years to write 12 songs, I don't think you have to, yeah. like, to talk about. I mean, in, in what, what all this is worth. Because the, those people, like all those guys, unless they had a, a patron saint. Well, right. Then, then they were living in the worst poverty, or they had another gig going. Yeah, you know, and yeah. and and that's why I always I say about you know my day job is that it it's always helped me mm-hmm. as an artist. Always, it 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 it's I don't you know you don't think about that part so much. I don't put all that pressure on the art. I just do it. Yeah, and when I have the the bolt of lightning, fabamundo and. If I can control that, even better. But yeah. usually I can't. And yeah, and that's and that's great. And I don't think about it beyond that. I'm not, there's nothing wrong with thinking about it beyond that. But there's mm-hmm. something probably futile about thinking beyond. Yeah, that. Yeah, I think that's what it is. It's, you know, it's, it's not a moral right. thing. Like you shouldn't think that. It's more like, why would you do that to yourself? It's futile. You know, why would you punish yourself for be- that? Because in your case, you can go out and like be like, I want to make an album. Oh, here's the money. On some level. Who knows? <laughs> On some level. But I do think... But it, I do It's think- a perspective thing, though. Yeah. It's not so much money. I, you know, I agree with you. Um, Chad said it on Facebook the other day in a really uh, concise way where it's like the only thing you can really hope for is for something worthy to appear, a song yeah. that's worthy to appear, and then that you've got the balls to follow it, whatever, it. Or, or however, or you just, you know, again, shut the fuck up and follow yep. what it's telling you to do if you have the guts to do that. Yeah. And that's the only way or one of the only ways There's probably a few, you know, to get to a, to the place. And every single time you're just trying to get to the place. That should be your fundamental concern. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. can you get to the place? Yeah. I swear to God, when somebody's up there at bat, I'm not a sports person, but like if they were like, they're not, th- they might be thinking about the blowjob that they got last night or their <laughs> their contract renegotiation and what a baller they are. I'm sure that's going through their head. But th- but if they're going to play good ball, they're going to try well, to get in the fucking zone. Yeah, hitting. I don't think they think about that at all because hitting is probably the hardest thing to do in sports. Yeah. So, and music I, too. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it takes all of your concentration, yep. you know, which is, which I, I, I think baseball is a decent analogy in that sense. So, I mean, you, you know, know, I think you get into it, I don't want to say a comfortability with um, absorption, creative absorption, but you become to become more friendly uh, in terms of how you choose to access it. It's no longer, you're going to strangle this to death, because if you don't, you're not going to get to the next level, man. Yeah. You right. know, which can lead to a lot of compromises in expression sometimes having an editor is a really great thing sometimes having the discipline of uh you know a scarce and expensive time environment you know like a recording studio is an incentive there are structural things in the old industry that created uh impressive truly impressive uh limitations art yeah Yeah, but but the limitations is what it's like it's like a diamond you know limitations of some kind always well that's that's what i i think i i think we were talking about this last time i was here but you know um it was Garcia who said, you know, if assuming everybody plays at the edge of their ability, yeah, what you can't do, your limitations are your style. Yeah, <laughs> that's so. Right. It's like it's like carving, you know. That's it's right. it's like ching 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 ching. ching. That's right. And uh, and and you know, as oversimplified as that is, I mean that that has always occurred to me true. that it, but it assumes that you're doing the best you can do, yeah. which I think is what you always strive for. Like this is. 
I am pushing myself hard to be better and better and better yeah. at this. Yeah. And if you're doing that, that's that's a career's work, that's a career to be proud of now. Doesn't mean you're going to live off it or feed right, yourself. Right. But I 100 percent agree. It, it is something to be very proud of. But it's something. We're well, it's something still that, on the same page. You're leaving something. <laughs> you're leaving something. Uh, you know, in 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 the as they say in law school, the marketplace of ideas. Yeah. But you're leaving <laughs> yeah. something there that, with any luck, yeah, it might even outlive you. You know, and well, fuck it, you're going to do it anyway because you only have this amount of time, and this is how you relate. This is how you synthesize experience. This is part of, uh, you know, how you dance with right. Your That's right. Reality. This is what. You, this is just what you do. We're mm-hmm. such hippies, dude. <laughs> uh, My Grateful Dead brother. Look at that five eight seventy seven tape. Why don't you? Okay, we're, yeah, gonna, yeah, we're, yeah, we're not talking about Roger Waters. We are. We're going to listen to some Dead. Yeah, in real time. In real time. Get ready to live tweet, guys. Uh, no, no. <laughs> Hashtag uh, Darkstar. No, wait, I'll, I'll put the link to this article in the show notes and uh, and open up the little discussion thing because I think uh, I mean this is an ongoing discussion. Like uh, we've talked about it numerous times in this basement. It's not. There's no. Real answer. These are the big. These are the big questions. These are the big questions. So I yeah, think. you know, and and it's but it's fun to come back to them through some other vehicle. Like yeah, this, and, you know? and I'm not casting this person's on, on Liz Pelly. I think like you know she's a great journalist. She did, you know, it's just this is her take. Did differing opinions. This is her take, and I don't. Yeah. I, I found it an interesting article. I just yeah. was surprised at the outrage. I, that's all you know. But but uh, but now let's get a little uh, fear and loathing in America. There you go. First, uh, out of the gate, I have a series of conversations I think we're going to do on Spotify. Kind of figured this all out. Um, and uh, hopefully we'll maybe build a little, you know, body of knowledge here that people can refer to uh, if we do this right. Uh, so if people have questions, we'll have answers. And then we can avoid wasting all this energy of, like, you know, casting aspersions, getting angry, saying the system is rigged. It is, but um, it's rigged for everybody, though. Not just musicians. It's tough out there. Um, thanks again to Michael and Casey for coming down. Uh, you'll be hearing Michael a good bit more on this podcast. Casey, Casey's a busy man, so uh, so so we we get him over here. We 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 take him where we can get him. So, uh, but it's always great when he's over here. Um, before we get out of here this week, I want to tell you about the Good Graces. This is an artist collective from uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Sort of led up by Kim Ware. She's a singer-songwriter from down there. Started up in 2006. Looks like they have like four albums out, four or five albums out. Uh, it says it's uh, indie folk. Uh, you might even think like alt-country and whatnot. But they have a, they have a new album out uh, called Set Your Sights. It came out on Friday. And I know about this uh, because she follows us on Twitter. And she interacts with us. And she... Like says things about the podcast, like whether she agrees or disagrees, which is something we encourage everybody to do because that's how we learn and that's how we carry on conversations. You can have conversations online, uh, it's just not if you're an asshole. And so, you know, as long as you have those conversations and, and offer feedback without saying stuff like "fuck you," uh, then, then it's all good. And, and that's what Kim does. Uh, we don't know her personally, uh, but she seems like, seems like. Pretty cool, 
pretty cool human being there, and uh, she made a her and her friends made a damn fine album. So we are going to play a little track off that. So maybe you'll get hip to it. Uh, the name of the track is Seven Year Sentence uh, Going to Hell," and it is off their new CD. Set your sights. Here you go. Races with seven years sentence going to hell. Uh, that's a, that's some that's some good old country, man. Uh, I like that. I like that a lot. And the uh, the album is more of that. It's a it's a really groovy little release, and uh, and, and you know uh, it's up on Bandcamp right now. Even 
Uh, it is $8 up there. It's not a pay-what-you-want, but there's a lot of people who put a whole lot of work into this, so I don't mind paying $8 for it. I, I did pay $8 for it uh, and uh, and found out about it, like I said, because uh, people just interacting and reaching out and talking to your fellow person, and the next thing you know, you're on the number 23rd most influential podcast uh, in the universe. That fact may or may not be true. I don't know. Got a lot of you listening, though, so that's pretty good. So uh, good on Kim and her friends, and uh, hopefully they're going to be coming up to D.C. soon. That would be awesome to have them on there. I, I We interacted. I, I DM'd her on, on Twitter, and I said, hey, uh, love the album, and we're probably going to play a song or something. And she's like, cool. Uh, really like the podcast, even though I uh, <laughs> I don't always agree with what you guys say, and like that to me is fucking that's fucking awesome. So I would love to have them on if they are listening. Uh, come up and we'll hang out in the basement. And we'll drink a beer or something. And it'll be a, it'll be a good old time. Set your sights by the good graces out now. So go and get it, kids. Go and get it. That is an official buy for me. Uh, and that's our podcast for this Monday. We thank you for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, and if this is your first time, go ahead and subscribe to us. Just smash that subscribe button and leave us a message or a rating. If you think uh, we are doing a good job, that's awesome. Uh, and you can say that, or you can say you're doing a bad job. And we'll read it and look at it and say, hey, maybe they're right. If you're right. If you're wrong, it didn't hurt anybody. You don't take it personally. Um you can listen to us there. You can uh, subscribe to us in Google Play, Mixcloud, or Stitcher. You can, I think we might be on Spotify now, but I have to check on that. You can always listen to us on the site at www.chunkyglasses.com. Uh, up there, you're going to see all of our podcasts. In the uh, iTunes, you only get the last like 150 or so. Uh, but you're going to see all of our, our podcasts there, going back all, to, all the way to number one. Uh, which is a radically different podcast. And uh, you're also going to see the amazing work of Matt Condon and Mauricio Castro, our live guys. They're out shooting shows just about every night. And uh, and they're some of the best, uh, for my money, music photographers, uh, not just uh, like in D.C., but I think easily on the East Coast. Uh, they are, they're crushing it uh, out there. And, uh, and it's hard work. <laughs> it is really hard work, so... So good on them. You can see more of their work, too, up at Instagram. Instagram and Twitter are, are both at uh, Chunky Glasses. Instagram is going to be completely the live stuff. Uh, the Twitter is going to be a mix of live stuff, trackings, just, you know, alerts, uh, my snarky comments from time to time, and uh, a whole lot of retweeting from Indivisible Guide uh, to sort of, you know, help spread good information about our current world and world politic and that so so that is all that and uh yeah we're gonna be back on thursday with i think it's gonna be vince staples but who knows what we're gonna get into i haven't recorded it we finally caught up so uh between monday and thursday we might do something crazy we'll see hopefully you guys will be back to check us out uh, thanks again for hanging out. We're going to be back in a few short days. Until then, be good to your ears, but be better to your people. See you soon.
<laughs> <laughs> Kenobi.